It's the Opix Podcast, baby. Glad you tuned in. Got your host, thank me later, and you're stupid to win. Might become an obsession as soon as you begin. Start out king of the street, then lock it iconic in. Welcome to Offland. Grab your Opix, man. On your way in the door, hit you with four grand. Get to buying and gripping, then to selling and flipping. Over to moving and shocking. I'm Scrooge McDuck. Welcome, fellow Opix. Uplanders, to another exciting episode of the Upix Podcast. I am your host, Too Stupid to Win. This is episode number 41 from Clovis to Brooklyn. And as always, T Davis and B Dag will be taking us on that journey. Uh, excitingly here, uh, we put out a lot of content in the last six days for everyone. Uh, four episodes in six days. It started out uh, last Wednesday on, uh, and uh, we put out an episode on Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, and Tuesday, February 9th. Um, the gentleman did record this on Sunday, February 7th. We're still trying to get a timely fashion. Well, it, you, you could call it February 8th. They record it late into the evening. Uh, just depends on whatever time zone you're in. But uh, we do appreciate uh, T. Davis and B. Dag for doing that. Uh, what is Upland? I think we can skip over that for this episode. I mean, if you've listened to the previous three, you already got that going on. But as always, definitely got to get that disclaimer in that the views, information, or opinions expressed and presented and discussed on the podcast are those solely of myself, Thank me later, T. Davis, B. Dag, and any guests of the podcast, and do not necessarily represent or reflect those of UplandInc.me. And if we ever offend anybody or hurt their feelings, that is not the intent of this podcast, and we apologize ahead of time. Uh, make sure you do check out the previous episodes, all great episodes, and uh, a lot of big announcements on the Dirk interview, burnout again. I'm hoping we're not burning you guys out with all this content in such a short period of time. Well, listens have been up, so welcome to our new listeners, and thank you for our loyal listeners for continuing to listen. Got a great uh, show for you. As I said, this is from Clovis to Brooklyn, and uh, they'll touch on the Dirk interview from the Thursday, uh, Friday released episode talking about Clovis, talking about Brooklyn, their thoughts, their impacts to the game. And once again, they'll cover Fresno and New York and give you the numbers. Um, and they'll make sure they got a raffle to talk about today and they have their scouting report, which is getting a lot of positive feedback. A lot of people like hearing their names and, uh, and a lot of people like hearing what's going on. So we do appreciate T. Davis putting together this uh, scouting report. Um, looking forward to the show, gentlemen. And uh, with no further ado, T. Davis and B-Dag. Thank you, Too Stupid, and welcome listeners to the UPX podcast. My name is T. Davis, and I'm joined, as usual, by B-Dag. How you doing this evening, my friend? Hey, I'm doing all right. We just uh, finished with our Super Bowl Sunday, and we're sitting here doing our recording. How uh, how are you? I mean, I, I'm great. Uh, I'm not so thrilled with the outcome of that game. I wish it had been... <laughs> A little closer uh, than it was. It, it, it wasn't very entertaining. It was entertaining a pretty boring me. romp. Yeah, yeah, agreed. But, um, oh, well. Yeah, yeah. So here we are. Uh, we had another great week in Upland. We had Dirk, the founder, one of the founders, join Too Stupid to Win and thank me later on the Thursday podcast, which I had the pleasure of uh, also attending and being a part of. Did you get a chance to listen to it? I listened in later on, and I got to say, I was pretty excited about a lot of the stuff I heard. Yeah, man. Uh, 
what did they tell us? Clovis will be a the regional expansion. So it, it's already kind of part of Fresno in the real world. I, I believe it's in the same county. And now in Upland, Correct. it will be uh, an expansion of Fresno Upland. Uh, what right. You, now, sorry, go ahead. What, uh, what can you tell me about Fresno? Well, let's see. Fresno's about sold out. I mean, we finally, I, I don't want to steal any thunder that we're going to be getting into later, but Woodward Park finally sold out. Yeah, and it, it did. Even though, even though some of those visitor properties still show up, I think I coined a definition of sold out that I like, and that is every property has been minted at least once. There you, you know, go. You, know, you, you mint a property and then a visitor expires and somebody else comes along and mints it. And maybe that visitor expires, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But every property has been purchased at some point and now we're kind of waiting for the rest of them to be covered by permanent players. But at this point, there's really nothing left in Fresno for the new player to grab unless they're looking for aftermarket sales. So I think Clovis is a nice expansion. It kind of makes sense because Clovis is could pretty much be considered an extension of the city of Fresno. It's a separate city on its own, a suburb, I guess, but it's kind of like just a large neighborhood expansion of Fresno. I think it's going to be a touch more on the higher side of prices, which is fine. And I don't know that it's going to add a whole lot more to the gameplay other than just throwing things out there until they can add something better. So Fresno has what, about 150,000 parcels more or less. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, Clovis, I found some data on Clovis depending on how you look at it, there's somewhere around 40,000 parcels. I think I had estimated at least 30,000 in one of our earlier podcasts, but somewhere between 30 and 40,000 parcels are going to be available in Clovis. That's not a whole lot. No, it's that's, not, not, especially not the small. rate we're going through them. Yeah, exactly. It probably will last a couple of months and that's about it tops. I tried looking up uh, anything about the neighborhoods or really is nothing. I don't know how they're going to divide neighborhoods out. It doesn't seem like there are any real official neighborhoods in Clovis like there are in Fresno. There are a couple of like uh, home, uh, what are, uh, HOA. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, private little neighborhoods, but I can't really find a cohesive neighborhood thing across the whole city. I had mentioned before that I th it could include an expansion of Olive Avenue, but as I look at the property borders of Clovis itself, the city of Clovis does not extend south to Olive. However, uh, it's possible that they could expand because they have the data for all those properties, and I'll get into that in a second. Also tried looking up landmarks in Clovis. And I can't imagine that there are any. Are there? E no. <laughs> well, there's there's the old town, and there's okay. the there's the Dry Creek Museum, and there's the little motorcycle museum that looks like it's run out of somebody's large shop in a neighborhood. Uh, no, there's really nothing there. I mean, they got a water tower, but I don't think it's a water tower like Fresno. Okay. So, yeah. no, this is just like an expansion of a couple more neighborhoods, and there may be a couple cool properties here and there. I'm an eternal optimist as well as a cheapskate. So, you know, I'm always willing to see what the best of it could be. Now, here's another interesting little factoid. I don't know if you poked around in Tarpey Village at all. That's one of the neighborhoods assigned to Fresno. Well, the addresses don't seem quite right in Tarpey. And I think I figured out why, because 
Tarpey is an independent neighborhood that largely is not a part of Fresno or Clovis. Oh, wow. They're unincorporated. Yeah, but they seem to take their address numbering from Clovis instead of Fresno, which is why the addresses just don't make sense if you look at them from a Fresno perspective. So, yeah, I mean, you know. So that's part of the reason why, I mean, are, are you saying that's the only reason why the Fresno search in the game is horrible? That, that can't be no but i would I, th- I think that probably has a lot to do with it is that it's set up for fresno but some of those fresno addresses actually are clovis addresses so maybe it's having a hard time finding it i don't know i haven't done any research into what the issue could be but that certainly could be part of it that's really interesting um, in the side of the country where i come from generally if you've got you know the main city in a county will also establish the addresses throughout the rest of the county, not just in the city itself. And so to have another little satellite city like this, it has its own address numbering that comes up against Fresno's in the same county could be causing some of those issues. Not sure. So you're right. I am looking at it right now. I just pulled up a random Tarpy address, plugged it into the search and it gave me nothing. And that is what I'm used to when okay. I'm having problems searching in Fresno. So that's super interesting that you brought that up. Yeah, right. It could be an address. It's uh, more based off of Clovis instead of Fresno. Cool. So do you think bringing in Clovis data, because it doesn't look like it's in there now, do you think bringing that in will help resolve some of these search issues for the users? I don't know. I think this is going to be kind of funny because like I'm right now, I'm looking at Bullard Avenue. So you're in Fresno and starting from the West over, over in Fig Garden Loop neighborhood, you've got West Bullard Avenue. You cross Blackstone and it's East Bullard Avenue. Uh, As soon as you get into Clovis, you get outside the city of Fresno and go into the city of Clovis. You go from East Bullard Avenue to West Bullard Avenue, because now we're taking our address reference from Clovis instead of Fresno. Right, okay. right. Yeah. Now, and and now we get into downtown Clovis and we've got just Bullard Avenue, no directional on it. And then we get outside of uh, the main part of it. Now we're back into East Bullard Avenue. Right. So I certainly think that there is uh, there's going to be some addressing issues here because I would hazard a guess that in this case, both cities could have, say, a 500 West Bullard Avenue. You're saying Fresno and Clovis could both have both one. Fresno and Clovis could very well have a 500 Bullard Avenue, 500 West Bullard Avenue, and and a lot of other addresses with uh, some sort of similar, interesting, you know, yeah, exactly, coincidence like that. So we'll see how they do it with the search. I hope they're well aware of that. I'm sure they somebody is, and they can figure out what to do from there. Well, of course it would, because when you type in an address, it's repeated somewhere else. It gives you two options with the city sure, from each right. one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so tell me, do you know where where Upland gets their data from? I've been trying to figure this out for quite a while, looking around, seeing, you know, looking at GISs of different cities, and Dirk dropped a tiny little hint in their podcast on Thursday, uh, where he said they get their data from a a site called landgrid.com. And that's a pretty awesome website as far as somebody who's into GIS and, and those kind of mapping things go. That was so, L-A-N-D, landgrid.com? Correct. Okay. L-A-N-D-G-R-I-D.com. <laughs> All right. Uh, you got to sign up for a pro account if you really want to download data. And I think some of that data costs a nominal fee. Some of the bigger stuff is $100 and $200. So it's it's not for somebody to just go poking around in for fun. But 
if you click through and you click on a few things, you can get some some basic data on on the set that you're clicked on. They do have an interactive map that you can click on. And a lot of the data is by county. Okay. And with larger counties, uh, they break it up into smaller sections. So because Fresno and Clovis both include a large part of unincorporated county, I really couldn't glean a whole lot of data off of just their web-facing data that they give you for free. So it's really kind of hard to tell how many properties Clovis is going to add. But again, this is this is what I came up with, uh, you know, somewhere around 35,000 and uh, no neighborhoods that we know of, no landmarks that we know of, just going to be an expansion for now in the San Francisco market to keep the FSA players rolling. Well, will you look at that? Are you looking at it right now? I sure am. Crazy stuff, huh? Yeah, I'm scrolled into, sorry, San Francisco. And right. um, this is, for somebody who's played around with uh, with Mapbox, and I don't want to get too much into that, but Mapbox oh, yeah. is what they use to, to render the, the actual app. And right. um, I had to import data, and now I know where that data came from because I just got it from playing around with the Upland APIs. But now that I know where that came from you can do some pretty cool stuff with this like predict to a yeah it's a little very, bit of an eye opener digging in yeah so um yeah wow how cool i can't wait to to play around with this some and look a little deeper into clovis right you can sign up for a free account and get a little more data in here but it's certainly not what you'd be able to get if you get the full account and download data for money that, I mean, the data they have is just super deep and super rich, way more than Upland needs. Right. You don't need mailing addresses and, and postal routes in Upland, but uh, you certainly can get all the data about every single property. Yeah, you sure can. And you can count parcels and look at that. They're the same. That's right. Oh, wow. How fun. All right. Well, I have a uh, something to play with tomorrow. This is fantastic. Um, cool, man. So what else did they, uh, so what else did Dirk talk about? Um, he said Clovis was coming out. They were non-committal right. on collections, if I recall. So, um, they, for those of our listeners who didn't get a chance to listen to the previous podcast episode, that was a question that we had for them. What about collections? And the answer, um, that I interpreted from Dirk's response was, um, they will, let us know when they make the Clovis announcement. Uh, do you anticipate right. any collections coming out of this next batch of, of properties? I have nothing to go off of, but I would hope that they're going to add one or two collections just to keep the, the new players coming in something to shoot for. And, you know, of course that they're just going to get bought up pretty quickly, especially by some of the veteran players as well, but at least it's something to keep them rolling for a little while till they can bring out uh, another low tier city in the San Francisco area. Right. Right. Cause like you said, Woodward park is now sold out and that was the last unminted collection that uh, Fresno had. So new users come right. into the There's game. There's plenty of other unminted properties. Sure. But you're not. They've got stuff to choose from. Just nothing in a collection that's going to get a boost. So you mentioned when we were talking about Woodward Park earlier, uh, you said when visas expired. Can you explain that to some of our newer uh, users out there, what, what you meant by that? Yeah. So when you first start in the game, you're what's called a visitor. 
and you are a visitor you that gives you kind of free reign to play around in the game you can do a lot of the things that a regular player can you just cannot buy and sell on the open market but you can mint properties and you can visit other properties you can treasure hunt even i believe yep and the reason to do that is because they don't want people coming in, getting their feet wet, deciding, yeah, this isn't really for me. And then they lock up properties forever that can never be retrieved again, because we're talking about a game with true ownership. Right. So you mint that right? property. Right. Exactly. You mint that property. It's yours. Well, the thing about the visitor account is you mint that property and they hold it for you until it's at some point you decide to become an official uplander. And while you're a visitor, you've got to come in every week and renew your visa. Well, uh, that's that's like your passport, not your visa credit card. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just take my money now. Uh, but once you become an uplander, then you're considered a permanent citizen. And those properties that you minted that were being held for you are now credited to you 100% with your very own unique upland account. And uh, you get to keep them in into perpetuity. Right. And if you don't renew your visa, that... Right. Yeah, so that's the other the other side of the coin. If you don't renew your visa, I think you've got seven days to click that button to renew your visa. And then if you don't, I believe they give you a one-day grace period after that. And if not, then your account gets recycled, your properties go back out into the wild, and anybody else can come around and mint them instead. So that's what we're seeing. Uh, and I believe the cadence is every two hours. Um, so any of our uh, new users out there who are upland status and are trying to flip fsa properties um the fsa uh, the expired visa fsa properties get released roughly every two hours so uh that's just i, I feel like that's important to know to you know maybe be around in woodward park or in some of the more oh, desirable yeah. neighborhoods when those visas are expiring to have the opportunity to possibly, you know, mint a pretty cheap Woodward park that you can then flip. Right. And I believe what happens too, is that those properties may even expire before the two hours, but every two hours, uh, the information is made public. Right. So I'm you might find it, a yep. property. Yeah. You might find a property that uh, expires before the information actually goes out. And if you're lucky enough, you'll be sitting there, waiting to grab it as soon as it pops and so that when the information does come out every two hours you will already have minted that property yep so for the new players that don't have anything better to do just kind of float around woodward park looking for those go. fsas to pop up yep there you go all right and they uh what else did dirk tell us he said that uh, well i had guessed wrongly uh that Oakland was going to be yeah. the new um, beginner city. And so we did learn that San Francisco, the San Francisco area will have three tiered uh, areas with San Francisco being the top tier Fresno being the low tier uh, Clovis will be a part of that low tier. And then and in a mid tier, which uh, unbeknownst to me at the time when I was guessing for a low tier, they are considering Oakland. And I feel like it makes a lot of sense. That's why I guessed it. But they're considering yeah, Oakland as the, the mid-level tier for the San Francisco region. Uh, so that's actually pretty exciting because there's there's quite a bit in, in Oakland. I think that would bring along uh, 
you know, a lot of really cool collections for the city of Oakland. Um, you have some pretty famous landmarks and sure. Um, but it won't be as cool as what else Dirk had to tell us, which was oh, man. Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, one of my the New York markets getting some love too. Yeah. So, uh, from a map GIS expert, tell me what do you know about Brooklyn? Yeah, let me fix the tape on my glasses here, and then I'll give you a little uh, little spoiler alert on Brooklyn here. All right, so <laughs> Brooklyn, uh, let's see. San Francisco is 49 square miles of land. I use that as a comparison. Brooklyn is about 71 square miles. So land-wise, it's about wow. one and a half times bigger than San Francisco is. Yeah. Wow. Manhattan, the island, is 23 square miles. And so Brooklyn ends up being three times bigger than Manhattan. So one and a half times bigger than San Francisco, three times bigger than Manhattan. Did I hear that correctly? Correct. Wow. Correct. And that's that's a rough rounding. You know, maybe it's two point eight nine or something like that. But generally, for the for the general audience, that's yeah, one and a half times bigger than San Francisco, three times bigger than Manhattan. Now, here's the cool thing about land grid. I poked around, and this only really works because the borough of Brooklyn is also completely contiguous with Kings County. So okay. when you're searching on land grid at the county level, I click on Kings County. The borough of Brooklyn happens to completely fill Kings County. And what I learned from that is that Brooklyn has, or rather Kings County has, and therefore Brooklyn has, about 276,000 properties. Wow. So Compared to, yeah, compared to San Francisco's yeah. 150,000. Wow. Now, here's something to keep in mind. I went and I checked land grid on San Francisco, which the city is also exactly contiguous with San Francisco County. So you can know exactly how many properties are in the city because it's the same as the county. And it says San Francisco has 224,000 properties, but in game, we only get 150,000. So that's a whole 33% less, or I guess 50% less, however you want to look at the data. And 150 is, is two thirds of 224. Okay, can you can you explain why? So yes, and the reason that's important is because I'm not going to say it will be the exact same ratio, but if San Francisco has 224,000 properties and we're only given 150,000 in game, still following here? Yeah. Uh -huh. That that then that means that. Brooklyn may only give us 185,000 properties, right? which is okay. still pretty reasonable. That, that ought to hold for quite a while, I would think. I mean, if it's a mid-tier, prices aren't going to be as expensive as Manhattan, but they still won't be nearly as cheap as Fresno. So I guess I would be expecting properties, what? Maybe they start around a thousand to three thousand, and right, and yeah, that's, that that sounds right. The average property could go up to five or eight, maybe. Uh, so you know, it may hold for six months, I guess. Um, you know, all the good stuff will be gone in about two or three months, but that ought to hold for quite a while. So I would say it's going to be anywhere between one hundred eighty-five thousand and two hundred seventy-five thousand, probably closer to the lower number just based on San Francisco. Yeah, I'm looking at the San Francisco map. I'm getting distracted. I want to know where those other properties went. 
Wow. Right. Exactly. Well, I, there are there are several of them, and Hunters Point has a couple of big areas that just don't have any properties. They're, okay. You know those phantom properties we've talked about. Yeah. So down there, there are a lot of them. Um, another thing that I haven't looked into is that you know you know it's referred to as Glitch Island down yep. off Candlestick Point. Yep. So there's about what ten properties down there that somehow made it onto the map, and everybody thinks they're an error. And uh, spoiler alert, they're not an error. There's a whole huge triangle coming off a of Candlestick Point Park there. Okay. That is tidelands, marshlands, oyster beds. And there's probably at least 100 properties, uh, a couple hundred properties in there that they were platted, but which means they were drawn on a map uh, on a piece of paper and they were approved, but obviously they never became buildable properties. Gotcha. But they still could be, you know, oyster bed claims and things like that. So there's a lot of properties down in there that are not counted. There's properties in Hunter's Point that aren't counted. And if you look through the map, you can see you know, plenty of areas where there are these phantom properties. Now, I can't imagine what happened to 75,000 properties. Right, right. What the difference is there. Uh, Yerba Buena Island is included in that. And I think uh, maybe what we end up with is, is Treasure Island, which is just north of Yerba Buena. So Yerba Buena and Treasure Island are right off of San Francisco to the northeast. Sure. And if you take the freeway north out of town to Oakland, you'll cross right over Yerba Buena Island. Yeah, somebody pointed that out. So when, Treasure when Island. I'm sorry, go ahead. Right. That's fine. Treasure Island is just to the north of that. And if you zoom in close enough, you can see that all of Treasure Island is a whopping two properties. <laughs> I don't know that that's quite right. Although being a government installation, it could go by one address. However, I think... I would tend to believe that there's probably a couple thousand actual lots and addresses there because it does appear to be uh, housing, military housing of some sort. So there's got to be quite a few properties on there that are not being accounted for. Sure, sure. So all right, let's uh, let's get back to Brooklyn. So right, what uh, what do we know about possible landmarks in Brooklyn? I just you know I. I barely know Manhattan. What I know is from from pop culture. Okay. Brooklyn yeah. Brooklyn is is not much more than a name to me, unfortunately. But I know we got Coney Island, and that's pretty classic. I mean, yeah, it showed huge. up in the movie Big, so it's it's got to be big, <laughs> there right? You go. Yeah, they have the hot dog eating contest on the Fourth of July. Right, exactly. That's that's a that's a classic. Been around forever. The other one I've heard mention is a neighborhood called Dumbo, which means down under the Manhattan Bridge overpass. Yep. And and the only reason that one uh, stands out a little bit is because it's more of a modern hotspot. It's it's kind of one of those neighborhoods that the artsies have moved into, and and it's become kind of a tech and art hotspot of Brooklyn right there at the base of the bridge. Yeah, the Brooklyn other, Bridge is the bridge right. you're referring to, right? The Brooklyn Bridge, yeah. that's right. And other than that, Brooklyn to me is just, yeah, part of New York City. But you have a little more uh, history with Brooklyn, don't you? Yeah, I used to go I mean, up to... Uh, you grew up... Yeah, I grew up in New Jersey and um, obviously spent a lot of time visiting uh, Manhattan, Little Italy, obviously, um, Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, hey. and all of those areas. Uh, the Verrazano Bridge is probably one of my favorite bridges 
And I know from not only my real life experience in the area, but also as a huge fan of hip hop, how influential Brooklyn has been on that genre and culture. And so uh, some of the world's best rappers, uh, you know, have come from Brooklyn. And because of that, there are, you know, because of how mainstream hip hop has become, there's, there's quite a few, like, for example, like Brooklyn zoo is, you know, in uh, prospect park, if I'm not mistaken. And for uh, all of our, my Wu-Tang fans out there, you may recall <laughs> the uh, Brooklyn zoo song by old dirty bastard. Uh, you know, that's what uh, he was referring to was the prospect park zoo. Okay. You also have, um, the Barclays Center, which was at one point, I believe, co-owned or majority owned, one of the two, by Jay-Z, who's also a Brooklyn rapper. Uh, the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets play at the Barclays Center. That should be right there in downtown. The, the downtown Brooklyn area. Nets, is that the same as the New Jersey Nets? Yeah, yeah, I grew up in, yeah, I used to go to a bunch of Nets games as a kid, and then okay. they moved to Brooklyn, and... I was a little salty about it because New Jersey <laughs> had all of two sport professional sports teams, the Nets and the Devils, and um, you know who watches hockey. So I was pretty disappointed. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, all right, but uh, you know, yeah, the uh, the Barclays Apolo- Center. Apologies to all of our Canadian listeners <laughs> for T. Davis's comment. Yeah, um, I would imagine that the. Barclays Center will be a landmark, I, I would think. It's going to be an enormous okay. parcel uh, on par with, you know, Madison Square Garden. So Madison Square Garden oh, wow. in Manhattan is a landmark, and right. it's you can't purchase it. So I would just have to guess that it would also be in Brooklyn, just like in San Francisco, where the Golden State Warriors play. That is also a landmark. So... We've are we are right, okay. two examples of it, so I I can't imagine that Barclays Center wouldn't fit that mold. Yeah, I found it on the map here. It's not gigantic, but it's at least two long blocks worth of property, so it's certainly not small either. Yeah, and then we also have the Brooklyn Museum, um, which is pretty famous. There's a lot of nice parks as well. I mean, in in, in both cities in Manhattan and. In Brooklyn, you're going to find some really, really nice parks. You're still pushing for that parks collection, aren't you? I, yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> I believe it. I, I believe it. I don't know how many I can more see we it. need There's, to purchase in New York to yeah. make that happen. There's a lot of green around Brooklyn. I'm seeing it on the Upland map here. There's a lot of green around Manhattan, too, which yeah, is kind of nice. Because when you think of an urban metropolis, you usually don't associate parks but some of the world's best parks are in urban areas you know sure well you got to nobody's got yards (laughs) right 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 so what do we know about the neighborhoods uh in brooklyn new york city as a whole has a very yeah okay brownsville yeah i would for our early speculate speculators out there yeah brownsville would probably be a neighborhood collection. Got it. Okay. 
Um, yeah, New York City has a very cohesive, well-rounded, and well-laid-out neighborhood plan for all five of the boroughs, and I don't know exactly how many New York has. It looks, I mean, just off the cuff, it looks like it's got around 30 to 40. Brooklyn has, depending on how you count it, because there are some specific areas that kind of are their own neighborhoods, but they're within a large neighborhood, so somewhere between 38 to 47 neighborhoods depending on how they count that. San Francisco, on the other hand, has upwards of, what is it, 110, 115 neighborhoods. So that may be partly a factor. Well, it's not land area because Brooklyn is 50% is larger than San Francisco, and yet it's only got about a third of the neighborhoods. So we're gonna be looking at some pretty big neighborhoods, likely on par with Fresno neighborhood sizes uh, not all of them, but a lot of them might be as big as Fresno neighborhoods in Brooklyn. It's it's a little uh, it's a little uh, deceptive looking at Brooklyn when you're zoomed out far enough to see all of it in the Upland map. Okay, you look at it, you know, you think, ah, San Francisco. Okay, it's not that bad, but you start zooming in and you start seeing the density of the streets, and you just, man, this thing just goes on forever. It just keeps going and going right, and yeah. going. This place is huge. Yeah, you got to got to make sure you're not rolling into Queens with that. But <laughs> right. still, uh, you know, Brooklyn is just yeah, it's enormous. Yeah, it is. So, all right. Well, uh, what else do we know um, from the Thursday podcast? <laughs> was that it? Were we and that was a big part I picked up. New cities. Woohoo. <laughs> yeah, it was. That was all right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the numbers for Fresno for the last right. week. Um, we had 5,241 secondary market sales. We saw some crazy activity continue. We've mentioned it now for the third time. Woodward Park had sold out. Um, the average sale price was significantly higher than in previous weeks. So we've reached 3,092 upics as our mean. Our median also, wow. everything is up. So our, our median is also up. Um, again, for our listeners who don't know what mean, median, and mode is, mean is the average. So you add up all of the sales and then divide by the quantity. The median is the number that will fall right in the middle of the data set. So if I have 100 numbers, 50 would be, you know, spot number 50 would be my median. That was 1,400 right. for Fresno um, for the week starting on the 1st. And our mode after, I believe it was two weeks in a row staying steady. Was it two weeks in a row, BDAG, or, or did we finally break the 999 last week? I I, yeah, recall. the two. No, I, I believe the first two weeks we were at nine forty nine, and then last week we we're at nine ninety nine. Yeah, so now we are at one thousand and twenty five upix as our mode. And uh, again, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, this number is important because it tells you as a property seller in Fresno what's the most common price point that's getting bought up by other players and that number is you know 1025 1025 upix uh right now i believe 
that is also what our floor is looking like in front oh no the floor has gone up i oh, you know the last God. couple of weeks we've done this you've thrown out these numbers and i've looked at the current properties for sale and it it lines up you've got the mode at 1025 the floor right now is 1035 and oh, there's man, only a property only a couple properties it's 1040 1045 it looks like looks like i know even it blows past 1050 pretty quick i mean it doesn't take long to scroll down the list and hit 1100 uh, 1100 seems to be the old sweet spot before a lot of people underbid it, but yeah, it's growing pretty quick. 1120, 1125. Right. It's, right, uh, right. Fresno has exploded. And, and again, I think that's because the scarcity of it, which is something that Dirk had mentioned is that, uh, you know, they want to keep some of the scarcity, which keeps the market alive. And there's, there's nothing much to mint that's of, of any worth right now. So the secondary market is starting to take on a lot more activity as those those properties in collections start moving. Yeah, yeah. And so tell the user, uh, the listeners and our user, <laughs> our players, um, how did you find that floor for Fresno? Yeah, so if you go and you scroll out, I like to turn on, so okay, look down in the bottom right-hand corner of your screen. There's three buttons there. And the top one is supposed to look kind of like a Google location pin. I like to push that one first because that turns on all the neighborhoods and that makes sure that I've scrolled out all the way to include all of Fresno or whatever city I'm looking at. Then the button just below that that looks like a spatula is actually a building. <laughs> spatula. It, yeah, and you click on that, and that shows you all the properties for sale within your Zoom window. So if you're zoomed in real tight, it's only going to show you the properties for sale within that window. This is why you want to zoom all the way out to see the entire city. And you push on that, and at this moment, I can see that there's almost two, uh, 22, there's over 22,000 properties for sale. The two lowest are 1,035 each, and it just goes up from there. Great. It's a great tip. Uh, all right, so tell me about what uh what what did our high our high sales for the week look like? Uh, I know you did some research for me this week with that. Yeah, and so you know with with all the collection properties minted, like I said, the secondary market is blowing up, and even even non collection properties seem to be going up. Well, obviously with those numbers we just stated, but one uh, couple of big things I want to point out from this last week. We had one player who I've not heard of before, which is not uncommon, but they came in hard and they took the top one, two, three, four, five. They wow. took about the top five or four. They took the top four for sure purchase prices in this last week. And I don't know, this is almost obscene. Should I even, should I even call them out? <laughs> Do it. Yeah. Yeah, sure. It's public data. Anybody can look this up. So right. there was a, there was a Blackstone purchased for 153,000. There was another Blackstone purchased for 120,000. Wow. And I started seeing a pattern as I went down here. I didn't see a third Blackstone, but I looked up this player boot Jess with three S's <laughs> And Boot Jess minted a third Blackstone for seventy five thousand. Oh so goodness. right there, we're like what two hundred and three hundred and fifty something like that. Yeah, one, two, three hundred and fifty thousand, and and they got their three Blackstones. 
Well, uh, that's just a start. They're just getting revved up there, folks, because listen to this. Two more of the top sales properties were Olive Avenues. One of them went for just a penny under 100K. Another one was 95K, and a third one was 83K. Again, this is boot jests coming in for the hot sales. Yeah. So we're looking at uh, 280,000 on those. And as if that wasn't enough, they also bought three Van Nesses. Uh, one, two of them for 49,000 each and another for 59,000 each. So there's another 160,000 dropped right there. This, this player came in and they came in hard and I checked out their data and this was not the only stuff they bought. I don't even know where all, but in the last week they have just gone nuts minting and buying stuff. And I would say this is definitely a player to watch because they're not just active in Fresno, but they've been active all over the Upland world so far. So this is going to be, this is going to be one of our next directors. I'm sure of it. They already are. They have a net worth of 3.8 million already. This is going to be one of our next executives. I'm sure of it. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah. They're well on their way. Yeah, man. That's, that's incredible. Let me pull up just one more piece of data on this user. So why don't why call them users. Don't call them users. That's what drug peddlers call their customers. Yeah. You know what? I, I think we I are saw players. it on, on the, on a documentary that the only people yeah, right. that are called users are, are video game or application, you know, players and, and drug addicts. That's right. Cause they are we're not users. We're players. I swear. I don't have a problem. Slap, <laughs> slap, slap. So speaking of top uh, top players in the game, we had a little movement in our uh, top three property owners in Fresno. Uh, not in the top. Well, yeah, we had we had some movement. TM took over the top spot. He bumped Eric P. Martin down. So TM well, has over twenty seven hundred properties. Twenty seven hundred. Fresno properties um, to Eric P. Martin's 2,600. And Steve G. moved into third, up three spots into the number three, knocking Potoshi out of the top three. And Utah 3002, which I believe is also a new player who uh, came in, I, I believe, recently and uh, they're moving up this Fresno board, and I saw their name on the Play Give Connect donation list. So nice. shout out to this player, Utah, thirty o two or three thousand two, um, for coming into the game and, and making moves. Not Utah, is it? Just straight up Utah. That player, Utah, only has six thousand net worth in one property. There must be something else in the name. Yeah, three thousand two. Ah, three zero zero two. Sorry, I thought you were stating how many properties they had. Ah, no, 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 no. They're at three hundred and forty. You asked three hundred forty. Yeah, here we go. Which having over a hundred properties in Fresno is, it's, is a feat, but not really with the, for some of the veteran players, you've been able to have the opportunity to mint a lot, and they were pretty cheap. But over the so over the last week or so, we had almost ten. We had nine new one hundred 
property owners. That doesn't make sense. What? So we had nine new people who owned a hundred properties or more. I think that one sounded better. There we go. There you go. I get it now. (laughs) Wow. And it's an awful lot of slum uh, landlords. (laughs) And, uh, we didn't have much movement at all in New York while I'm looking at data. Um, in New York, the same, we have Dizzy D. Ski not budging from his almost 3,000 New York properties, which is just insane with the mint prices. Um, to have more yeah, no New York properties than the leader of Fresno is pretty wild. Dizzy Deesky has 2,900 uh, TM in second place with uh, 567. So almost 2,400 properties less than the That's leader. That's a huge gap. And yeah. And uh, Ben 68 is still in third with 382. And we had 48 new unique New York property owners. <laughs> unique New York. Good job with that. Yeah. You nailed it. Unique New York, unique New York, unique New York. Good. That's wow. Yeah, man. And so, all right, well, you know what? We have a few more things that we need to get to. So I'm going to just keep moving us right along here. Um, So as I had mentioned just a few minutes ago, um, the Play Give Connect uh, fundraiser led by Sturz Merlin, our community hero, was a initiative, a drive, charity drive to raise money for the St. Jude's Children's Hospital uh, for cancer research. And they knocked it out. He knocked it out of the park. Uh, Yeah, he did well. He met his goals and then some. Yeah, huge shout out to Sturz for not only coming up with that idea, uh, implementing it and absolutely crushing the goal that he initially sent. So it was funny. I, I had the pleasure of uh, working with Sturz and Recurrier um, early on in this. And uh, we, you know, we had a little uh, group DM that Sturz was using just to bounce ideas off, um, off of us. And initially his, I, I believe his goal and it, he'll correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was like a thousand dollars. Like that's what he was hoping he would hit. originally yeah and then as we started talking more about what could possibly bring in you know more donations we he raised it to up to five thousand but that was a really lofty goal five thousand yeah. dollars and then upland decided that they were going to they were going to come in and help support it and make it a you know a, a an official upland supported initiative very and cool. They not only crushed the five thousand dollar goal, they doubled it. Yeah, so they've raised over ten thousand dollars for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. It's unbelievable, wow. man. Shout out to yeah. Merlin for putting to go, all dude. that together. Um, and so part of what uh so the the Little Italy community, which is represented uh by B Dag and myself. Uh, to a very small degree, the community right. is everyone who owns properties there. But um, as our donation to the initiative, we pledged 
to Little Italy Fresno properties. And what we were going to do was all of the players who purchased the Fiat Out properties on the PGC block in Fresno. So for those who don't right. know, uh, Sturz Merlin had a whole entire block in Fresno laid out and set up for cash donations. So it was using the Fiat Out mechanic where you can list properties for USD and he used them as a uh, mechanism to collect donations. So all of the players who purchased a property with cash are going to enter into our Wheel of Names spin for the Little Italy Fresno property. And so I have all of that loaded up here and I'm going to go ahead and share my screen with. Ooh, sounds exciting. Yeah. I was going to say, I want to see. Uh... Wait, I donated a property to this. Ooh, I better find one to give away. All right. Should, uh, I wait, should, should I wait to see who the winner is before I decide which property? <laughs> <laughs> no, we wouldn't do that. Okay. All right. I guess I'll to be this to one be then. completely honest with you, I don't. I don't. I mean, I, we have so many between the uh, the both of us that it's it's kind of silly. I I honestly I yeah. don't know which one I'm going to donate, but I promise you, it will be a good one. It's like trying to get rid of your children, you know? <laughs> right, right. They're all They're precious. All yes, exactly. All right. Here we go. Rolling, rolling, rolling. And the first winner is Phoenix Tat. Shout out Phoenix Tat. Tat. Nice. LIF property. Can you hear can you hear that? Can you hear my audio? Yeah. Yeah, cool, cool. All right, and the second one is going to chicka 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 chicka. Come Ren on, five million dollars. Rena Star, Rene Star, Rene Star, Rene yeah. Star. Also goes by I think he's Rene Man or in in Discord. Yeah, that same be... player. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, yeah, you're absolutely right. All, All right. right, shout out Phoenix Tat Tat and Renee Star for winning yourself a little Italy Fresno property. Oh, uh, welcome to the club, guys. Yeah. All right. Uh, so PGC raffle. All right. So the next thing that we had on the list. So last podcast episode that I was a part of, I believe, is when I had mentioned that the. Uh, at Upland Li, so the uh, Little Italy team Twitter up at Upland Li had eclipsed 100 followers, and so uh, a way yeah. to celebrate and shout out to all of our our players and our our fans and all of the all of the community that has supported us. We're going to host another giveaway event. Um, the exact details will be released by the time you're listening to this. Uh, we just want to just uh, fine tune a few more things and we will get that out to you. So keep your eyes on the 
community channel. So hashtag community uh, something. I can't remember the name. And I'm sorry. <laughs> community projects, contests, and tools in the main server. And in the fan server, it is just community events. So keep your okay, eyes wait, I got, So I got a question. Yeah. I got a question for you. The Upland Li Twitter account got a hundred followers, right? That's what you're saying. Correct. Yes, they actually. Okay, have so nobody. Oh, so people can still follow. Yeah. Yeah, we are. They think, can get an early lead on the 200, right? That's the, yeah. That's going to be the yes. next benchmark. So I believe we had hit like a hundred and six or so. Oh, 110. Wow. Whoa. Yeah, man. man, that's just taken off. Yeah, so we're looking to get another ninety through this event. Um, so stay tuned. For All that. right, people, You'll you have, know what to do. Yeah, you will have uh, some information on that. And while you're on Twitter following, uh, be sure to also follow the UPX podcast, which is at the UPX podcast. Of course. So, of course. All right. Now our, our next segment is what we close out with every night, which is our scouting report. And uh, that's apparently a uh, fan favorite, a, a listener favorite. We've gotten some great yeah. feedback on it so far. And so this will be a mainstay. We're going to keep this one around. Um, my first uh, new player on my scouting report is Arch L in Discord and Larch, L-A-R-C-H. Uh, oh, come on, guys. Last week I told you to line your names up between Discord and Upland. Yeah, and the, so look what that player did. They took the... It's weird. They took the first... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Not an anagram. Man. They're, they're doing anagrams now. Um, so the, Larch is running a community giveaway, which right. involves what's called a marble card, which okay. is on... I believe it started on the Ethereum network and then moved to Matic. And I okay. was pretty amazed at what it is. They, it's like an, it's an NFT, like all other NFTs. If any of mm-hmm. our listeners don't know what an NFT is, we'll have to, I guess, just DM me and I will try to get you as much education as I can, but the marble it's a non fungible token. Exactly. Now you know everything you yep. need. All right, move on. <laughs> uh, these marble cards, what they what they are is they are an NFT that pulls information from a URL, so which is like a a, a web address, and it gets the okay. picture from the the open graph. So the image that you would see when you post like if you ever post a link in discord and you notice how it automatically pulls up a, a description and a title and usually a oh, picture yeah, yeah. also so what it does is it pulls that picture and it puts it in the center in a circle and then it pulls in some other data and they are a one of one unique nft you can go to their site. It's, it's pretty amazing. I, I went to their site and checked it out. I don't want to get too much into what marble cards are, but uh, shout out to, to Larch slash ArchL for bringing not only this new NFT platform to my attention, but for running a community giveaway like right out of the gate. Just came in and said, visit my yeah, property wow. and you'll get this upland. So he found... Um, 
the link from, I believe, the Google Play Store is where his particular marble card is from. There will only ever be one of them okay. printed. So I, it's, I've absolutely joined. So check that out. That's in also in those same confusing community channels where I can't remember the names. Uh, I believe he posted it recently. Right, community dash projects, yeah. dash contests. Yep, that's where you can find tools, it. Check something. it out. And uh, go visit yeah. his property and join. It's pretty awesome. I know I visited, I believe Left House visited. So if you're listening to this, go find that giveaway and go visit. Uh, the next one is Matos780. Okay. So this is a new user who came in and uh, reached out to me in DM for some advice on getting started and flipping properties. He's already an uplender and he's trying really hard to compete in the uh, red zone challenge, which is ongoing currently. Uh, he's in the tier two. I've supported him. Uh, Chica 86 has supported him. And I believe several other veteran players have made some purchases, not because they necessarily wanted the properties listed for sale, you know, strictly just to help him out. But, um, yeah, hashtag I don't know. community, right? Yeah, absolutely. Him and another user had uh, gotten into just a really interesting dialogue, I think, in the Upland Debate channel recently. And I can just tell that this player has a good head on his shoulder, his or her shoulders, and has come in to the game with a lot of excitement and um, wanting to compete in challenges, which is awesome. So shout out to Mattis780. Uh, the next user is Chuck76, which I missed him on the last report because he started around the 25th of January. So my apologies, Chuck76. You should have been on the last one. I, I missed you. Um, but he has already accumulated a 186K net worth. So he wow. started on the 25th. He's already pro. He's already, you know, one-fifth of the way there to director. Uh, almost has a hundred properties, but this is why he's really on this scouting report. So he started on January 25th and had donated over a hundred dollars to the PGC campaign. So nice. Yeah. I think we had touched on that last scouting report also. And so I believe it was parental controls last week. So this week, an, again, another new user coming into a game that they likely don't know a whole lot about in the community and it's just right, you know, right from the get-go being awesome and donating to fight cancer. So shout out Chuck76 for being awesome, man. Um, my last one, Hurricane BTC. Now, they're not really that new of a player, not compared to some of the other these other ones new in the sense of new to you and I since we started making moves. Yeah. And being noticed. Right. Right. But, uh, so, um, BTC or Bitcoin origins had a drop. I don't know if our listeners might be familiar with it, but it's just a, another NFT platform and a drop is when the new product gets released. And this particular one was super popular and it was the day of this drop and he had reached out to me to ask me if I was participating in it. And I explained to him that I wasn't because it was my opinion that I was not going to be able to get the NFTs because it would be too busy and my computer would 
freeze or the drop oh, would yeah. fail or something and it would just end up in complete frustration and so to save myself from that i just decided that i wasn't going to even bother well uh recurrier who um I mentioned earlier, worked with Sturz Merlin and I on the PGC campaign. Uh, he went for it, and he failed to obtain the NFTs and was very upset about it. Um, had no been bummer. preparing for it for the whole week. This was the initial drop. Um, did everything he was supposed to do, did everything right, and the website, their website, did something it, like it crashed and screwed him out of getting the the pack and so i explained all of that to hurricane btc like i just did to all of you guys and he was able to get five and offered one to both recurrier and i at cost wow and so i don't know i mean some people out there might know the magnitude of what an unbelievable gesture that is but that's yeah that's, that's just awesome man and um it was all reciprocated between hurricane and recurrier and then recurrier paid for my pack and so i gave recurrier a, a gift in in return and it, it was all about that uh that kindness and that random kindness that the upland community is really all about and so i would be remiss for not mentioning uh this awesome gesture by hurricane in this last week yeah for sure that's very cool all right. So do you have anything else before we close this out and send it back? I don't. I'm just waiting on pins and needles to see what Clovis looks like. And <laughs> yeah, uh, about too, a month man. later, what Brooklyn looks like. Uh, yeah. Clovis, don't say Clove. No, say Clove. Yes. Wait, that's not quite the same, is it's it? It's not. We'll think of something. Actually, yeah. we're going to need to think of a episode title so let me get my creative mm. juices working um, yeah all right we'll come up with something there all right well that that's it for me uh thank you listeners i look forward to our next episode and i'm gonna send it back to you too stupid thank you gentlemen awesome episode as always hope everybody enjoyed it as much as we did putting it together as always, don't forget, numbers are provided by dailyuplander.com. Our theme song is done by Mars Utah, the one and only. Also, check out upx.world, a very great website with a lot of resourceful tools. And if you're listening to this podcast and you have not subscribed yet, go ahead and subscribe. It's been a battle here. Spotify listeners are catching up to our Apple listeners. But if you're on Apple, make sure you rate and leave a review. Everybody share the podcast with your friends. Tell them about it. If you know they're playing Upland, they have to be listening to this podcast. And uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter. Uh, until later this week, everybody have a great one. Be safe and talk to you soon. It's the Opix Podcast, baby. Glad you tuned in. Got your host, thank me later, and you're stupid to win. Might become an obsession as soon as you begin. Start out king of the street, then lock it iconic in. Welcome to Offland. Grab your Opix, man. On your way in the door, hit you with four grand. Get to buying and gripping, then to selling and flipping over to moving.